Lord God, I thank you this morning for the harvest that's about to come. God, we're so delighted, Lord. We want you to know. We want you to look, Lord, and see our hearts. Lord, we've done a lot of work. We prepared this sanctuary. We are in our new facility. And God, I'm so grateful for everyone that gave. There have been people that's been giving up their money, their times, and their resources to make this happen. But now, Lord, we're reminded that there is a deeper calling for us. And now that we're here, now there's a work for us to do. And the empty seats in this place is a reminder for all of us to take responsibility, to be witnesses, to share the love of God, and to impact the lives of people for the glory of God. Now, Lord, as I stand this morning, I'm only preaching what you gave me. And, Lord, I prayed and I asked you what to show me to share with your people. And I, I wanted to preach a message on America and the blessed nation whose nation honors God. I wanted to teach on that, but, but you said to teach on this. And so, Lord, I've been obedient to your word. I'm bringing to you what you told me to bring your people. And so I pray that your people would hear it, that it will, everybody that's meant to be here to hear this word will get it. Those who will be listening by CD will hear it, will get it. And I believe that this word today that is being preached Father, because you're behind it, because you're inspiring it, will bring forth the kind of fruit that will last unto everlasting life. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter number 5. The Gospel of Luke chapter number 5. And I'll begin reading in verses 1 through 11. Luke. Chapter number five, verses one through 11. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless. At your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, when God does a miracle, you know, you know that it ain't had nothing to do with you. You'll drop on your knees real quick. You know who to give thanks to. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. <laughs> 
And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. I want to say, first of all, that I know that this is not one of those messages that will give you the five ways to be blessed. Ten ways to have all the joy that you can ever possibly imagine. Uh, Fifteen ways that God will bless you if you do the ABC bulletin and those different things. And I know it seems to be, and I've been in church circles long enough, that sometimes when we start preaching about and talking about evangelism, uh, some people just kind of automatically kind of shut things down a little bit. But as you walk with God for any length of time, and you draw near to Jesus, the closer you get to him, the more you realize that harvest time and evangelism is the very heartbeat of God. Amen. The Bible talks about, and Jesus made this command to his disciples, he says, Go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy what? Spirit. Some of us sometimes look at that as an option. But all of us have the responsibility to go. Every Christian is called to not only be a disciple, but to make disciples. And what we find today in church, I begin to ponder, and th I thought about this, and a lot of church statistics will back this up. There is not a whole lot of church growth today. Quite to the contrary. What we have a lot of times is what we call transfer growth, where you have members from churches that go to different churches. And we look at that and say, oh, we're growing. Not really. Churches that are really growing are churches that are bringing in new converts, people that do not have a relationship with God, that come into the kingdom of God through the preaching of the word. People who are, are drug addicts, yeah. prostitutes, those that take the Lord's name in vain. You'll know what I'm talking about. We all have seen some of those. When those people get converted and get changed and start coming to the church, then you know you're doing something. I want to remind you of Pentecost. There were 120 that were there. But by the time Peter got through preaching, there were 3,000 of them. And you know what? There wasn't transfer growth. They didn't come back from, they didn't come from Vineyard Church. They didn't come from United Faith Christian Center. They didn't come from Open Door Community Church. They came from no church. <laughs> That's what we're talking about this morning. A whole new paradigm, a whole new way of thinking. Now, you see, you cannot be serious about evangelism. I don't want everybody to hear me because you're going to translate this message for me because you are those that are here. You are the ones that's going to take this message. You and I cannot be serious about evangelism until we first come to a place and a point in our life where we begin to Die to ourselves. Now, before you just write that off and say, okay, here we go, another die to yourself message. Let me say this. Let, let me qualify it by saying it this way. Your ability 
to reach a person or reach people has little in the first place to do with you. It has everything to do with God. The Bible says, Jesus said this way, no man can come unto the Father unless I draw him. So before you go, if you go and you share the gospel with a brother, you share the gospel with a sister, and they say, you know what, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus right now. I want to do that right now. God had already been dealing with them. The Holy Spirit had brought them to that point. You're not saved today because you just decided to wake up one day and say, I'm going to get saved. You're saved today because God had you in mind. He came running after you before the foundations of the world. The Bible says he called us before the world was ever here. He came chasing after us. Jesus came down looking. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was what? Lost. So which means that we are to carry on his mission. Then we are to seek and save that which is lost. And in order to do that, how many know we got to be willing to doubt ourselves? What I mean when you say doubt yourself, Pastor, you can't be worried about what people think about you. You can't be worried about what people look at you and say you're weird. You can't be worried about what people say that you're just a religious freak. You're not got to come to a place where we say our whole life, watch this, is submitted and committed to Jesus. Now, when that happens, and I'm a firm believer in this, when we come to a point, we say, you know what, my whole life belongs to him, and I'm dying to myself. I mean, this is, Lord, I live for you. When that happens, you won't have a problem telling people to evangelize. Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more you have a heart for other people. The further away you are from Jesus, you can care less what you see on the TV screen. You can care less if the people that go, that's running around here, driving around, getting their car washed, the car wash not open today, but eating at Vinny's, hanging around. You can care less about that because, you know, sometimes, you know, let's be honest, as Christians, we, we, like, we like our space, our territory, like our building, you know. Same sermon, same song, same people. We're pretty cool with that. But it's an affront to God. It's an affront to God. Because when you look at the New Testament, in the book of Acts, let me tell you something. Those folks were always living on the edge. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? Well, pastor, what are you talking about? They were always one step away from death. They were be, their life was constantly hanging. Read, read, read the book of Acts. Their life was constantly hanging in the balance. They were being threatened. They were told, you better not. You better not preach Jesus or we're going to kill you. And then you know what their response was? Whether or not you, you agree with it or not. But we've been given a mandate by God, so we got to preach the gospel. We don't care. How many know that's living on the edge? They lived on the edges. I mean, they were being persecuted. They were being talked about. And the way they lived their life, they lived their life in such a way that if God did not intervene, they were not going to make it. That was norm for them. That's just the way they live, living on the edge. We don't like living on the edge, do we? Now, we, we, like we like to be comfortable. We like to kind of like know what we're doing, know where we're going. And, and God just kind of shows up and say, no, 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 no. If you want to walk with me, you got to live on the edge. You got to let go and you just got to get on the roller coaster. And I hate it. You know how much I hate roller coasters. You got to get on a roller coaster and you just got to let me take you on the ride of your life. Let me take you there. So they lived on the edge. And I believe God's calling us to live on the edge. You see, think about it this way. Um, I'm not a fisherman. 
Now, I'm going to show you in a moment. God is good. I mean, I, was, I had an opportunity to talk with a friend of mine yesterday. It's a, it's a co-worker that works with me on the police department, I, and he's an avid fisherman. I don't know much about fish. I like to eat them. I love salmon. Okay, I'll tell you that. I don't particularly like cleaning them. I just, you know, that's just me. I'm just, you know, that's, I don't like the way they feel in my hand. I try to, I, that's just me. That's just Gary, okay? But I had a long conversation with him about fishing, and I'm going to share some of that with you today. And just blew my mind. Blew my mind. We got to be careful that we don't think this way. Um, we get a nice building. We put up a church sign, open the doors, and wait for the sinners to show up. Because let's be honest. That's what we're doing. Can we be honest? That's what we're doing. We're in a nice location. They're going to see the sign, and they're just going to come running in. Now, you'll get two or three like that. But that's not the kind of exponential growth that God was talking about he wanted us to have. See, the only way to really grow the church is he got to go. You, you just get, I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, let, me, let me put it to you another way. I think you get it. You really get it. I got a taste for some fish. I'm going to cook me. I want a salmon. All right. I'm at home. I get my meal, my flour, whatever, ready. I put my pan on the stove. I got the grease sizzling. I got everything set. I got my side dish, my beans and, or my potatoes or my potato chips, whatever we like to eat with fish. I, I got everything. I even got my favorite drink, my, my Lipton iced tea with a little lemon. I got it all set out on the table. Now I'm just going to wait for my fish to show up. Because I believe that. That fish going to walk through the door in a minute now because, you know, I've been preparing now. I've done all the stuff I'm supposed to do, but the, the, the fish got to come jump up in this pan. But that's the way we, let's be honest, isn't that the mindset we think sometimes? That we think that somehow that the fishes are just going to just show up and jump right into the pan. But anybody that's serious about fishing, they tell you, brother, I got to, listen, they plan everything else on this end, but you know, they go out. They go get their rod. They go put some gas in the truck. They put on the right clothing because they're going to be in some stinky water. They go and they sit and they go get the fish. They bring it in, they clean it, and they cook it, and they have a great meal. But how come we in the church, we just kind of think like, they, the fish just supposed to show up, right? I mean, I did my part. Because we want to do everything except what God said do. Let's, can we be honest? Can we have a talk? I don't feel like talking to people about it because I'm uncomfortable. I'm just, you know, I'm just like, you know, nobody really want to hear that today. Even like, now, 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 now you get it. That thing I said, dying to yourself, you know what that means? Because so you get to a point that you, you, you just really don't care much about yourself being offended when people tell you, I don't want to hear it. When they look at you, when's the last time you just went and laid hands on somebody and say, let me tell you about the love of Jesus, and you led somebody to Christ? When's the last time you've done it? Just, when's, the la- when's the last time you uh, prayed for somebody and say, you know, and bring the fish in? God, <laughs> let me know. You got to catch him. But in order for the fish to fulfill its purpose, it got to be brought in. That's what God 
is telling us. That's the message of the church. See, don't get confused by all this. This is good because we're in a situation right now. You look around, you say, oh, gosh, we got a lot of good. I want you to see this. Now, really think about it. Not a whole bunch of fish to go catch. But every one of us guys say, I'm going to catch me some fish. I'm going to go catch me some fish today. And I'm willing to do whatever it is I need to do in order to catch some fish. You see, fishermen go where the crowd of fish are. Good fishermen. They want to go where the fish are, and they want to also go where the fish are what? Biting. I don't know. I'm going to teach you all about fishing this morning. Jesus, your Lord, your Savior. The reason that you got up this morning, the one that you say you love so much, the one that you surrendered your entire life to. Jesus always ministered in the crowds. Most people didn't come to the synagogue. He, you know, Jesus would go there every now and then, and every time he went, he caused problems. <laughs> you know, one time he went in and tore the whole place up. <laughs> they got mad. What's wrong with him? Very seldom do you find in the scripture where Jesus and his disciples were the uh, majority. He was always in a crowd where the people were, so much so that the Pharisees said, Peter, John, come here, talk to me. Your boy, Jesus, how is it he's supposed to be holy and he's sitting there eating with sinners? Not only is he eating with the sinners, Peter, but, but he, he's happy about it. He's smiling. He is really enjoying eating with sinners. Jesus says, you know, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus understood something that we should get, that if you want to save sinners, you got to go to where they are. You got to go in there. Come. Well, I don't want. Well, I'm too holy. I don't want their spirit to jump off on me. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a shame, but it's true. That's how we think. See, we get so purified that we can't associate with the very people that God want to bring back to himself. He didn't leave us here to look cute and just to come in here and be isolate to be isolating ourselves. Or isolationalists. I don't think I said that right, but I think you get the point. But he called us to a place where you and I, like Jesus did, Jesus went into the crowd. And you know, when he went into the crowds of people, the stage was always set for miracles to happen. When the miracles, when Jesus did his most profound miracles, there were always a bunch of people around. Did you notice that? Now, yes, they came to him because they heard. Just like when you start going out, people may start coming to you because they heard about your ministry and what you're doing. They might be drawn to you. But, but still, Jesus had to do what? He had to go out there. They, you know, he was, anybody, Jesus was a good preacher, right? I mean, he could bring a word. Sounds stupid, right? I mean, he can do all the religious stuff. But he went out among the crowd. He went out into the uncomfortable places and then whereby the, the whole stage now was set for miracles. And so when God did his greatest miracles, it was always a bunch of people around. Not around, a, not around a lot of church people. It was just a bunch of people around who just, 
What's this all about? What, what's, what's, this, what's this all about? And, and, and Jesus was there and just do miraculous stuff. And then people get, oh, fall on knees. I want to get saved. See, the power and the supernatural things of God happens in the crowds. So every time there's a crowd, a folk gather, like they got, what they want to say, you'll be hearing about that. They got this one of these things called the National Night Out here in Stafford County. Last year, my wife and I, we set up a booth there. We'll set up another one this year. It's a ton of people out there. I mean, ton, there was a crowd. But you know, when I walk in the crowd, I'm always thinking, Lord, use me today. I want to share your gospel with somebody. I'm not just going to take my kids to get some ice cream and the popcorn. I mean, I do that. You, you follow me. But that, when, you know, when you go in the crowd, don't just think I'm just going to get some ice cream and popcorn. Go into the crowd. Go into the place saying, today I'm going to catch me some fish. And today I'm going to be a witness. Today somebody is going to receive Jesus Christ. Today I am going to allow God to manifest himself through me. And perhaps God just might use you to perform a miracle. And what greater place to do miracles than in a crowd of a lot of people who don't believe? Woo! Now we're talking, aren't we? See, most people want miracles in the church. God, they, oh, yeah, most of y'all, well, okay, everybody don't believe. But, but, but you know, y'all already know enough Bible. You know, take it out there and perform the miracle. Out there. Lay hands on somebody out there. Get your anointing oil. Okay, you want to take, my, take a, some anointing oil with you on the street. Put it on somebody's hand and pray over them. Come on. See, now we're talking about ministry. Well, I ain't used to that. But, you know, that's, that's really what it's all about. We talked about the plan the other day. And we're going to be implementing that plan. And it's going to require you to come out of your comfort zone. So if you're uncomfortable, you will use this 40-day period to get comfortable. Start using it now. Start saying, you know, I got to get this out of me. Because I refuse. You know, the Bible said, I thought about this scripture this morning. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. You know, that says to me that, that, that you, sometimes you just got to get radical. You just got to come to a point where you say, the devil is a lie. He's going to stop stealing from me. He's going to stop stealing my destiny, my purpose. He's not going to steal my marriage. He's not going to take my kids. He's not going to take my church. I'm, gonna, I'm getting sick and tired. No more devil. You ain't going to have nothing of mine. No more. Sometimes you just got to give them the point. You just got to say, no more. No more. I'm done. I'm done. I'm taking, I'm taking over. Get out of the way. I'm driving this thing. Come on. Oh. I'm about to jump up out of my skin in this place. So look, look with me. We're going to come back to Luke. But look with me in Mark chapter 1 for a moment. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20, I think we have it there for you on the screen. If you want to look on the screen, because I got to move. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat 
with the hired servants, and he went after them. Now, I thought about this. I said, why is it in the Bible that Jesus, how many know that God never does anything by accident? He could have chose anybody of any other field to, to be his disciples. But he not only chose fishermen, but, you know, fishermen, being a fisherman in one of those days, in those days were not one of the glorified positions that one could have. And what's your occupation? I'm a fisherman. Okay, that's neat, but okay. Ain't nothing you're going to write home about. But yet Jesus went right after fishermen. And I, I actually think to myself, well, that was just, he just happened to do that. But it's interesting because he says to them, he says, now I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. Which means Jesus knew all along that there's a huge correlation between fishing and fishing for men. And he knew what it was that he was doing when he called those fish. He said, now I'm going to teach you because the Bible, you know, in other places, the Bible says the kingdom of God like a like a man who throws out a big net and all kind of fish of every kind get into that net. He was always talking about something about fishing and catching men and 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 I don't think it was just an accident that he just happened to pick the sons of Zebedee and he just happened to pick John and James. And I think it was something that he, he was making a point from the beginning. So I began to think about this. So I, I said, Lord, well, what is it about this fishing thing that, that, that you're going to teach us? And you're going to what is these, what, what, what does fishing really, really have to do with catching souls? What does it really mean, Lord? And boy, the information just came flowing. So I got on the phone and I called my friend Tony Black. And I said, Tony, I'm going to give you a copy of this CD. So Tony enjoyed this CD. <laughs> and I said, uh, Tony. Tony is one of those brothers that uh, he fish for competition. So he's on, you know, he buys big boats and he goes, you know, he, he competes. And everybody who knows Tony knows that Tony is a big time fisherman. So the brother educate me. And the first thing he said to me, and, I, and he, he says, I said, tell me, in order to be a good fisherman, what, what, tell me basically what is some of the number one things you have to have? What are some of the key attributes to being a great fisherman? You know, he's, the first thing he said to me, he said, oh, I'll tell you the big thing is you got to have confidence. I said, Brother, you're going to help me preach tomorrow. He said, I said, but tell me what you mean. He said, well, there are those times when I go out there to fish. I know the fish are out there. But, but, but sometimes when I go out there, I know they're not biting. Because he says fish don't eat eight hours a day. So, so, there's, so, I mean, so what he was saying to me is there's a skill involved in fishing. <laughs> See, if you want to be a good fisherman, he said, you know, he said, a lot of people don't realize that you don't just jump in the boat and just say, I'm going to go fishing and hope I get some fish. He said, a good fisherman don't do that. A good fisherman gets some information about the fish, the water, the location. They have to think about a whole lot of things if they're going to catch some fish. So he said, you got to have confidence. He said, so if I go out there and I don't catch the fish one day, I know they're out there. Some people would give up. Here's what he told me. I don't think the brother really go to church. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I, I never, ever had any real spiritual conversation with him. But he wasn't talking to me from a church perspective. He said some people, what they do is they go out there to fish and they get discouraged because they didn't catch none the day before. And so they quit. 
He said he turns back around the next day. I know they're out there. I'm going back out there. And he said he'll catch a whole bunch of them because he go back out there to get them. And he said, you got to have confidence, man. He said, more than anything, you got to have confidence. How many know as evangelism, you got to have confidence. You got to believe that, okay, there are going to be those moments in time where you ain't going to catch anything. But that's okay. You don't give up. You don't throw in a towel. But you say, you know, I'm going back out there the next time. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend at work. Maybe it's just a stranger you just ran into. I'm going back into that area because I believe that I'm going to catch me some fish. Glory to God. So, you know, we're witnessing, you know, and sharing the God. You got to have that kind of confidence. You know what? Somebody, I'm, I'm going to lead somebody to Christ today. I didn't have, did you lead anybody to Christ today? No, I didn't. But I'll be back. <laughs> I will be back. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I will be back. <laughs> then he says something else to me. He says, you got to go at the, at the right time. So you got to consider when fish might be biting and when they might not be biting. How many know that out here we have to consider the conditions? Sometimes it's not right. And we're going we're to tie this all together in a second. Y'all going to see how this come together beautifully. But sometimes the fish ain't biting. So you got to say, well, maybe not right now. You remember Paul tried to preach in a certain place? I, I forget what the name of the place was. And the scripture says, in the book of Acts, and the scripture said that the Holy Spirit forbade him. Said, don't, I don't want you to go there. Now, it didn't mean that God didn't care about those people. But it means that the fish ain't biting there yet. I just need you to come back. You can't, that's not good ground. See, we can't, we can't, we're going to have an evangelistic strategy. We just can't have a strategy and say, we're going to just try to get everybody. No, no. We have to target fish. Lord, where are they biting at? Are y'all getting this? This is what Jesus was thinking about. I believe with all my heart. He says, and you know, Gary, he says, now, a lot of times I go fishing for bass. I go fishing. You know, he loved bass. He kept talking about bass. But he says, um, sometimes when I'm fishing for bass, I end up catching fish that I wasn't even looking for. <laughs> and I'm sitting there now, you can imagine, I'm just like, oh, oh, my goodness, brother, Preach. David, put up Matthew 13, 17. Jesus said it this way. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of what? Every kind. He did that sometime. He catch fish. He ain't even looking for it. Like, what's this? You know, we, you may be out there. You may have a specific target. You know what? My goal, God has given me a gift to be able to, to share the gospel with pregnant teens. God has given me a gift to be able to minister to the homeless. God has given me a gift to be able to minister to people that are sick and, and, and all of that and elderly people. That may be your gift. But don't be surprised that as you're walking in your gift that you might happen to save a 15-year-old or somebody that happened not to be in the category by which you were targeting because you have to have a target. This is, he said a good fisherman always have a target. That you got to know what you want, but you got to be open to everything in the kingdom. This is what I want, but if you have, you want to jump in, you can get in too. Glory to God. I said, brother, preach, preach. So he talks about, watch this. He says, and sometimes 
depending on what kind of fish it was. He told me, I forget the name of the fish. Lord, I, I meant to write it down. I don't have it here in my notes. Some fish stink. He said, you know that fishy odor? Now, you got to get used to the fishy, but then there's some odors that are really, he said, certain fish are really, really stinky. You just got to get used to it. Catfish stink. They stink. How many know in the kingdom of God that not only do they might stink physically, but they stink from, they got the odor of the world on them. That, to me, is the worst kind of stink. Come on. The odor of the world. You know, they're full of, you know, everything about them. They're just worldly. They're full of the flesh. You look at them, oh, my, what are you coming up in the church? They come in with their hair, their head cocked, their pants pulled down. Come on. All right. They don't look nothing like you. They don't, care. they don't have your same educational background. And this ain't what I had in mind, by the way. Because let's be honest, we all have already figured out what our church ought to look like. Subconsciously, you already have figured. You, you, but see, what God is, you got to think like God thinks. Because maybe God ain't going to bring it looking like nothing you think it's going to be. It may look totally different. They may be totally, and you might just have to look at them, and, and God's going to require you to love them. And, and, you know, he said something else to me. He says, you know, and, but, and I kind of knew this. I jumped the gun on this one because I know a little bit. I said, I know a little bit, brother. You got to clean them. <laughs> we want the fish to come in what? Already clean. Come on. We want them to, we want them to come to church. Now, you got to know how you act in God's house. Come on now. You in God's house now? Now, I'm not saying you let people run rampant, but, but understand when people who ain't been to church, they ain't used to all the church etiquette stuff. They're not used to the church language. That's the kind of generation that we got out there. I mean, they, they, they're, 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 they're dealing with perversion. They're dealing with addictions. They're dealing with mental strongholds. You know, I went the other day, we went to Vineyard Church. You can feel the people that were there just had this mental strong, the strongholds. You could just feel it. It was thick in those people. But somebody got to reach them, too. Did not Jesus die for them, too? He ain't died for the ones who are just educated and good looking, who got nice houses and got nice cars. He died for the one, too, that we drive by. When you go home, you'll probably see him out on the side of the road holding up a sign somewhere. Remember the little lady? He used to stand up there by shoppers, uh, this shopping center up here with a little cart, a little black lady. I haven't seen her there in a long time now. But I was always, it was a constant. Every time I saw that, it bothered me. Because a part of me, can I be honest? A part of me wanted to say, did she like that because she wanted to be like that? That's how some people think. You know, they don't have to be in that situation. You know, they, they don't. But uh, last time I checked, all of us need a little mercy. There's a lot of things that we've gotten ourselves into. We ain't supposed to be there. But if it was not for the mercy of God, but it's amazing how we forget about that mercy when it comes to other people, yeah, all of us should be something else. <laughs> but we are, Paul said, look, Paul said, y'all, y'all got a problem with me preaching. He said, look, I know I'm the chief of sinners. You don't need to tell me how bad I am. I used to persecute the church. I was killing them. I was consenting to their death. I already know I got issues. This is what the apostle Paul said. He said, I already know. He said, I'm a man who got a whole, I already know it up front. Ain't nothing good about me. I'm telling right up now, but, it ain't, but I love how he ends it. He said, but you know what? I am what I am by the grace of God. You know, whatever, whatever God is doing in my life, whatever happens to me, you know, I can't go back and change what happened, but, you know, I got a future. 
I can look forward and my situation can change. And every time we see a person, we can look at them and say, you know what? You don't belong there, but you know what? By the power of God, your life can change. You don't have to stay where you are. And I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to help you get there. Not just give them a quarter and say, have a good day. Come on. Not just give them a dollar to, to soothe our, you know, come on, to soothe our conscience a little bit. Because I did something, Lord. But to say, you know what? Uh, let me help you. You need somewhere to stay? Uh, you're going to be back here tomorrow? I'm going to be back here. I'm going I'm to take you someplace. See, that takes what? Time? It takes, first of all, you got to have a heart for that. And you got to be willing to go back to this dying to yourself. That's what it means. That you die to yourself, you inconvenience yourself all the time for the purposes of God. It doesn't really matter. You're just a dead person. <laughs> and he said this to me. He said, you know, and when you're fishing, there, there's always someone or something or someone trying to take the same fish that you're trying to catch. Uh, <laughs> you know, he talked about how there's certain baits attract certain fish. He says the bass like, I hope I get this right, Tony. He said the bass like warm water. He said the salmon, they like cold water. And he talked about how a lot of times their baits are different. Now, I didn't go into the bait thing because that was a whole other thing. I'd rather, you know, just, all I need to know is you got to change the baits every now and then, you know, I, you know. He started, he, started going, he started going into that. But, you know, Satan, Satan is a fisherman. And you best believe he got a real nice rod. And his rod ain't $25. Can, you get the, can Tiger Woods get the job done with a pair of golf clubs for $100? Maybe. But I guarantee you, Tiger Woods Club's probably cost somewhere like five or $10,000. You get the point? Got good equipment. Satan is out there casting the bait of the world to people. The same fish. You trying to fish? Let's say we try to fish in the Simon Center. You better believe Satan is out there already got his, and he's doing this. And you're, and it's like whoever baits win, whatever bait is more attractive, that's the one that's going to get the fish because the fish bite based on what's, what's appealing to them. Now, see, for us, we got to understand that's where we need the power of God at because, see, the Satan comes in and he tells them that, but I'm going to throw a debate. All they know, he said to Jesus, all these kingdoms I will give to you. I will give you everything, Jesus. Just fall down and worship me. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So understand that we can't expect to go out there and not expect there's going to be some opposition and the spiritual component that's trying to pull people and the same want to keep them in the world. You're trying to pull them out of their environment. And, you know, fish don't like to be out of their environment. You take a fish out of water, you know, they start flapping, you know, because you're taking me out of my environment. I don't like this. They don't like it. Like when you were in the world, you don't want, want the church coming around you. You don't want somebody holy coming around you talking about Jesus when you're trying to party in the club and get drunk and do your thing. You, get that away from me. I don't want that. I like being in the water. <laughs> so 
Here we are now. We're trying to pull them out of their comfort zone. And the only way that we're going to pull them out of See, our bait is the word of Jesus Christ. This is our bait. This is the word. And we got to believe God said that my word will not return to me void. So as I preach this word, as I begin to proclaim and I go in the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to believe God that that bait is going to catch me some fish. Because our bait ain't going to work. You know, our little human wisdom ain't going to work. If it did, it would work a long time ago. See, a small church is just a sign that they're not good fishermen. And start with me. Come on. Look at neighbor and say, we got to fish better. <laughs> oh, we got to fish better. Got to fish better. And then finally he said to me, he says, he says, in fishing competition, the best man, the man that wins, the fisherman that wins usually is the one they can adopt to any situation. I said, what? You got to be able to. Then I thought, you know, the first scripture came to my mind. Paul says, I became all things of all men that I might win some. He says, a good fisherman, when you're in a competition, you got to know sometimes the weather affects. He said, you know, you can be in one part of the ocean. And it could be like 40 degrees, but then you can be over where it's sunny yet, and the sun is shining on, on the water. And it could be like 50 degrees or 60 degrees, and the fish should be hanging out over there. You got to be able to adopt. Either sometimes your bait ain't working. You got to change your bait. You got to be flexible. He's the ones that can adopt in any situation. You know, some of us, we, we, just, you know, we just like to have it a certain way. But, but you, you got to be, the Bible says, be ready always to give an answer to every man. To ask you of the reason of the hope that lies in you. So we always have to be ready to give an answer to everybody that comes. Means that we got to be able to adopt in any situation. This ain't what I was thinking. I didn't come over here thinking I'm going to have to be casting out some devils. But I'm here now. (laughs) So I might as well hunker down (laughs) and just start casting out some devils. Now you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can't be like the sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. Them brothers thought they was anointed. You know, they, they messed around. Them demons beat them up. They ran off naked. I mean, so, so you so know what you're dealing with. <laughs> Don't be jumping up in this stuff. Hallelujah. But we got to be ready. We got to be able to adopt. I don't, you don't know what's going to happen when you walk out of those doors. Who are you going to encounter? Who are you going to come in contact with? How's God going to how's God going to use you? You know, are, are you going to be ready and say, you know what? Are you going to sit there and listen to them and tell you how bad their life is, how jacked up their marriage is, how they got all these financial problems? Are you just going to listen to that and not tell them nothing about Jesus? Where's your rod? Where's your bait? You don't listen to nobody's problem and let them walk away with it. You have this treasure in earth and vessel, the scripture said. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Don't you never let people walk out of your presence dumping their problems on you and you don't say nothing about Jesus. Well, I didn't have time, but I wasn't ready. What? You know, what? I'm too big. No, you need to stop. Look, when you're a good fisherman, they're always looking. You know, when they're in the element. Jesus, I came to seek. Jesus, everywhere he went, he was like this. Back to Luke chapter 5, we're going to close it down. 
And watch this. And this is going to tie together and we'll be finished. But Luke chapter 5, he says, um, <laughs> I was torn between which one of these passages to use because there's a similar uh, story over in the Gospel of John where the disciples basically get discouraged because Jesus had left. And so Peter just kind of said, I'm going to fishing. In other words, I'm going back to my old way of living. Jesus had left me here. I'm done. But I thought this one would be better in Luke chapter 5. So here they are. I'll start reading verse 1 so we can get ready to shut this down. So it was as the multitude pressed against him to hear the voice, to hear, hear the word of the Lord, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Uh, look at verse number 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, taught, them, taught the multitudes from the boat. Uh, look at verse number four. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, lunch out into the deep. Verse five. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, you can tell the brother won't try. He, 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 I don't think his heart was willing <laughs> because he said, look, we've been, we, we been here all night. <laughs> all right. So they signaled to their partners in the brother boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. Uh, no, verse 6. I missed verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish that their net was breaking. <laughs> so they signaled to their partner. Said, I believe this can happen for this church. We can catch so many fish. The door, we just had to pull up all them chairs. The net's breaking. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at, at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. <laughs> he said, Lord, I'm done. Now, so, so here it is, and if you look at John's gospel, and I, I like how he does it in John's gospel, and it's a se- whole separate incident, it's not the same incident, but Jesus asked the question, children, have you, do you have any food? And in this particular instance, Jesus said to them, I want you to launch out into the deep. How many know that Jesus always knows where we are? He knows if we're catching fish, and he knows when we ain't catching fish. But the first thing he says to them is, here's what you got to do. You got to change your method of how you fish. Now, think about this. What was Jesus' trade? It's a carpenter. It'd been me. I've been like, uh, <clears throat> first of all, Jesus, no offense, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you build stuff. I'm a fisherman. I'm a, pro- I'm a professional. Now, you know, I didn't catch none. Don't worry about that part. <laughs> I'm a professional, and I don't need no carpenter telling me about how to fish. That's why Peter says, first of all, you know, you know somebody who don't really want to do what you're asking them to do, but they just go ahead and do it because they're just desperate. You know, I believe God sometimes bring, put you in a situation where you're just desperate. You just have to, I don't know what to do. But whatever, whatever, I'm just go. What do you want to do? Okay, good. No, I ain't going to fight no more. Just go ahead. It was one of those situations. Peter just said, Peter said, uh, look. But, but, he, but he had to throw in a little jab. He said, well, for, we've been out here all night, all right? You need to know that. We've we already done that. Now, I would imagine that where Jesus was telling them to cast the net, that they probably had already cast it right there before. Makes sense, right? Because Peter says, first thing Peter says, <laughs> we did that. It did not work. Okay. But since you're looking at me funny, Jesus, like you ain't listening to me, I'm going to go ahead and cast in that, and I'm going to show you. 
I'm going to show you that I tried that and it ain't going to work. Brother Peter threw the net on the side that Jesus said, he said, launch it out. He did it. And there were so many fish, he had to get the other, get over here and help me collect all these fish. Peter fell down. Oh, Lord, I'm a sinful. I'm terrible. I don't, sorry, I'm not, I just don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a crazy man. I don't know what to do. Surrender. See, we got to come to a point that if we're going to catch fish, we got to ask Jesus where they're biting that because Jesus was telling them two. He was telling them a couple of messages. One of the messages was, you can't do this without me. You can't catch fish and win soul without me. If you ain't serious about me, you ain't serious about prayer, you ain't serious about loving me, walking with me, you ain't going to catch no fish out there. But if, here's what he's saying. But if you learn to listen to my voice, you do what I tell you to do. Sometimes God is going to ask you to do some stuff that don't make sense. Like, I ain't going to, you know, do what? <laughs> Just do it. You know, sometimes you read the word and God tells you to do something and you look at it and say, okay. That must have been for that time. <laughs> you can read the word like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, because, you know, God never really understands what people do to me. God don't really, really understand all I'm going through. It's, I know, God, you say everybody been through it, but I'm a little different. I'm me. <laughs> and sometimes we resolve to the fact of that just the way I am. I just got to get over it. Yeah, you need to get over it. You need to obey and do what he says. Because when they did what he said, there were so many fish. Peter got on his face and he realized, I've been missing this thing all along. I need Jesus. If we're going to win souls, if we're going to be good fishermen, don't think that we can just do it with our great ideas. We got to say, Lord, will you please show us where the fish are biting? They just happened to be biting at the time that Jesus said, throw the net in there. Do you really think they just happen to be biting? It just happened that way? No, 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 no. See, God will go before us when we get serious. Now, we got to go. So you got to go fish. See, if you don't go fish, then you ain't, you know, you don't even give yourself a chance. If you just keep putting all the batter and putting the grease in the pan and doing all that and putting down your Kool-Aid and getting ready to eat and you don't go get the fish, then God's saying, I can't help you. God ain't going to help you if we don't sit there and look. I mean, I, y'all some good-looking fish, but no, no offense. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, y'all some good-looking fish, but come on, you know. I like to see a couple different fish in here <laughs> now and then. You know, you know, you know it look good sometimes. We're we sitting here, and we see different fish come in. I see everybody light up. A new fish. But, you know, it should be happening in such a way that we should never be surprised. If we're surprised when we see new fish, that means we got a long, long ways to go. It should get to a point that when new fish walk in, oh, that's just part of it did. That's what we expect. We expect new fish all the time because we're sowing. The Bible said the man reaps whatever he sows. What are we sowing? God is not mocked. What's a man sows? That's what he reaps. So we're done. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, and we'll prepare for communion. It should be rather short this morning. Father, I just thank you so much.